All right, real life superwoman. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> Mate, I mean, you just accomplished a pretty, pretty impressive feat. Thank you. Let us know. Talk to me about it. Tell me a story. Um, the story of the race, the story of me. Which which part? I mean, I got my bedtime story. You know, I got my cookies and milk. I got my coffee. <laughs> you can fucking tell me as many stories as you want, mate. Oh man! All right, there's a couple. I'll try to paint the picture. But just a brief background of me is I've always been an athlete and a trainer my whole life, and fitness you know, like we were just saying is such an important part of my day to day and just the purpose of why I feel like I exist. And around 10 years ago, I was training my boot camp clients getting ready for a fitness comp and a marathon. And I just didn't feel right. Like something was off in my body. I knew I hadn't been injured. I didn't necessarily feel sick, but I just it was like I was shutting down. And it got so bad that it got to the point where I was crawling around the house at home. And I'm like, I better go in and get checked out. And at that point, they were like, oh, it's probably sciatica. They gave me morphine, sent me home. I was like, I don't know. About 24 hours later, I just remember being in and out of consciousness. And I said, I'm dying. Like, I'm dying. So they took me back into the ER and I pretty much instantly went right into full system organ failure, was placed in a medically induced coma. And they were like, say goodbye. She's not going to make it. I mean, I was, I was dying, um, which is wild. And fast forward, I was in a coma for about two weeks. And during that time, my, uh, it was full system organ failure everything was my body was shutting down and the medications that they gave me to keep blood flow localized to my organs, uh, my brain and vital organs made me lose blood flow to my legs, which is ultimately how I had both of my legs amputated below the knee. And my body was so sick that it couldn't handle diagnostics. So they couldn't really find out fully what was going on. They just had to sustain life. But their best guess is that I had, I was in septic shock and they think it all started with a septic hip because I ended up having to have my hip replaced as well along that journey, which that all kind of coincides with the hood to coast relay that we just did because I grew up as a runner. I'm from Oregon in the US and that's like a running Mecca. And so I grew up running the hood to coast every year in high school and beyond. Uh, I was a track athlete specifically as well as a weightlifter and fitness competitor. And I just remember being in the hospital bed, knowing I was losing my legs and thinking, dang, I wish I would have ran the hood to coast again. Cause it had been about 10 years at the time and just hoping that I would run someday, but thinking I likely wouldn't do that. And then fast forward and I've gotten involved with legislating to expand access to physical activity, orthotics and prosthetics because they're not currently covered by insurance. And a team of athletes uh, for that initiative was put together. So an all adaptive team to run the head to coast. And I was like, holy shit, I have to, like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> I hadn't been running at all, but I was like, I will make it happen for this opportunity. And so just this last week I was able to run. I was the last runner, which was really cool because that was the last time I ran, I was the last runner and ran it in on the beach. So it was like, I got to rerun all the same routes I had run before and then finish it uh, with the team, which was just 
an epic experience. Bloody hell, mate. Yeah. That's one bedtime story. <laughs> yeah. One hell of a bedtime story. It was a full circle experience and I'm super grateful for it. Did they um did they find out exactly what, what went down? Uh with me with my body? Yeah. Their guess is that I I guess best guess is maybe I had a stress fracture that went undiagnosed in my hip or something and got infected and then got in my bloodstream. So my, I had septic shock. So my blood was poisonous. Bloody hell. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the things with, with us crazy fitness folk, right? Like we're used to being in some sort of physical adversity, physical, it doesn't quite feel right. It's a little bit of pain, but we yep. never use that P word, right? It's like, nah, it's just uncomfortable. You know, yep. like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And the next thing, you know, you're digging yourself a hole and just chucking yourself in, right? And you're like, oh, you've ran on a broken feet. You've, you know, yep. weightlifted on a broken back. And it's like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, how powerful is the brain? How powerful is the mind if we're able to shut down those signals yeah. and be able to pull ourselves through? I've not recommending people do that right break the round and be like play baseball mate right but it does highlight a beautiful fact of you can end up with staying in some things you know fatigue is an emotionally driven state and you can end up proving to yourself that no 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 you can do one more yeah and that's the i think of it kind of as the razor's edge because that is the beauty of us as athletes and with sport but there's also a dark side to everything, right? And like yeah. everybody loves David Goggins and glorifies David Goggins. And trust me, I like him too. But I lived out the dark side of that. And so, and I even have to within myself kind of define it because it's easy to feel like, like for a long time, I didn't trust myself. Yeah. And I was really scared. Like you won't pull the plug if needed. You take it too far, which is a beautiful quality. But also you've got to have some self-preservation. Yeah. And so like my healing journey has had a lot of lot to do with pushing and pulling myself back and trusting myself. And fortunately, I'm surrounded by similar people where we can kind of it's easier to pull each other back, I feel like, than ourselves. And that almost feels like a like a life raft that helps because I feel like, okay, if they're not worried and I feel like I can push it, it's safe to push it. And someone, either myself or someone in my squad will speak up if I need to pull back. And that was a lot of the fear that I had in returning to run and just going, okay, I'm going to push myself and I can trust myself to push myself and, and having that experience. And it was just super cool, really healing. Mm. Sometimes we need those people around that says you've done enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps. I feel like when they're, cause I don't know if this is the case for you, but as someone who's always pushed myself, I've just been, unusual in that way outside of like maybe my fitness friends and family and so I've heard a lot like you you go too hard you do too much but it helps when people are cut from the same cloth and they say like you've done enough you go okay I can trust that yeah you need those um those special few around you yeah you know that inner circle and you need to be able to trust them wholeheartedly you know if they say nah keep going then you keep going you know if they say nah you've done enough then we need to be able to hang up our boots and be and be good for that day, you know, like Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. Do your thing, find your win, dig your yeah. hole and go home and recover so we can come again tomorrow, right? Like 
I remember having a lot of um, a lot of really in-depth conversations with some coaches in the weight room back in the day. And they're like, what we're trying to achieve is the maximum amount of work that you can come back in again tomorrow. Yes, that's well said. The same amount of effort. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, you could be in here for five hours and you could get it all done. But tomorrow you're broken and I won't see you. Right. Yep. That's powerful. Mm. What are you trying to find? Oh, man. I'd say balance, but that's just like the, do we ever find balance, right? Um, I've always been obsessed by and driven by human potential, mm. which I think I laid a little bit of that to rest. Um, I don't know if you've heard that quote, and I might botch it, but it's something like hell, is, the definition of hell is that your future self meets the self that you could have been based. So the self that you became meets the self you could have been become. And that kind of always drove me. But now just having lived out, you know, some of the dark sides of ambition of stuff like that, I just really am passionate about just well-being for myself and for others. And kind of like you said, like pushing ourselves as far as we can while maintaining the ability to continue and basically not making the doing more important than the being and just really helping people heal and in the healing become their, you know, their potential, but without sacrificing the self along the way. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing noble about sacrificing yourself. I think we have um, idealized it, whether it's through movies, whether it's through, you know, myths and legends and stories and, you know, the, the, uh, the story of Leonidas and the 300, Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Arguably it shaped Western civilization, but they still died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're I still not here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it's I think we take the I think we take the lesson literally. So oh yeah. okay, I need to be the hero, you know, and, yeah. and like stand out and take everything to the chest. You're like, um maybe like one percent of the time like yeah but not exactly. all the time not all the time there will you'll know your moment when you're called to that and whatever that looks like for you but it's not all yeah. the time I think we're trying to prove something to ourselves we're trying to prove something to others we're trying to hustle for our worth and worthiness and I've just kind of let that go along the journey what does balance look like for you It's just like a learning and an unlearning on the daily. Um, it's, you know, it is pushing myself. It's challenging myself. It's exploring my limits uh, within, you know, wellness, I guess, uh, not sacrificing self and really just being able. It's really important to me to support others on their journey so I'm just not someone who gets lost in like it's about me and what I'm accomplishing it's what does my example what does my accomplishing do and make possible for others I when I lost my legs I had this responsibility of walking strong and tall because I just knew I mean I felt like a creature at first I was a bikini model and all of this so my body in what it could do and how it looked was such a part of my identity. And I had to really reckon with that part of myself and knowing that we all have our thing, right? Like not everybody's is visible. Mine just happens to be visible, but we all have our fears, our insecurities, our struggles, 
And I just had this awareness that if I walk strong and that doesn't mean not being, I'm, I try to be very vulnerable and real about what I'm feeling and experiencing. Um, but wearing that struggle well and overcoming it, that it would give permission to others and not just permission, but like you can overcome your thing because I've overcome mine and you can see it. So I don't know. I'm really intentional about that. And it's not just overcoming the physical sense, right? Like, oh yeah. No, that's just the icing that tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, Oh, it must be so hard. You, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. I'm like, this is just the tiny piece. <laughs> this is the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it said that, you know, if you stare long enough into oneself that into the abyss, something mm-hmm. stares back, right? Oh yeah. What stares I back don't... at you? Oh my gosh. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with like shadow work. Um no, I'm not. In mental health. It's really it's probably my favorite and it's become what I'm most comfortable with. It's those dark parts of us. It's like the monsters in our closet that we don't mm-hmm. want to deal with. But in not facing them, they have power kind of, you know, so it's like those little things that haunt us that we wouldn't want anyone to know. And when all this happened, I mean, part of one of mine was, you know, I clearly didn't feel worthy outside of what I looked like and what I accomplished. And I was faced with that. Like there was a point where, I mean, I couldn't really move I was in a wheelchair I looked like a creature I mean I was just a mess I was unrecognizable and I just had this awareness of like I'm kind of alone I really went through that journey mostly alone and it was like it's up to me to love and accept this version of me there's no one else here to do it and if I don't do it who will and so the parts of me that didn't feel worthy all of that I just had to sit with and I decided like okay because I think we can be really hard on ourselves right so I kind of took myself out of it for a minute and was like if there's someone that I really loved and they were in the state there's not a chance in hell that I would deny them reject them you know it was like Mm -hmm. so why can't I give that to myself and I really dug deep and I sat with that and I was just kind of like in a lot of ways I had no choice because I was like if I don't do this I'm gonna struggle way more (laughs) than I will than I would if I could accept myself and if I can accept myself like this imagine the power that I will have and so like that's one of the things that I really faced and so now I'm incredibly confident and love myself no matter what where my body's at what I'm doing and everything else is kind of the icing on that cake and I think we all have an element of that I think we we can all strive to have an element of that. That's for damn sure. You know, when it, it's uh, kind of disassociating yourself from this physical sense, right? Like not, not so much where you take advantage of it and you, you take the piss out of it. Right. We need to work in harmony with, yeah. with this thing. Right. But we're not too sure whether we are just the body, whether we're just a man, whether it's the soul, whatever you believe, you know, I yeah. think there's gotta be something else. It can't yeah. just be, we all bleed red and that's kind of it, you know, bullet to the head and it, and it's all over. Right. Um, and that shadow work, I think that's great. I really do. You know, I'm, I'll openly tell people that I coach all the time, my athletes will be like, well, I train to keep the devil on the other side of the door, you know, and it's locked from the inside. 
So it's, it's kind of like that. It's sort of like inviting the devil to dinner, like 100%. your and taming that tiger kind of. And it's definitely like not for the faint hearted, but I think that's where we lose most of our power and then mm. we regain it when we can turn and face those parts of ourselves that scare us. Yes. Cause we're not running away from ourselves anymore. Right. You know, like digging our head, burying it dig, uh, deeper and deeper into the sand and, and hoping that we're going to find a nice view in the end. It's just going to be exactly. black. Cause then you're always running. Exactly. You know, whenever you end up, you're going to be there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what happens when you stop? you're there yeah you're there <laughs> yeah i think everybody's got to do that i think everybody's got to sit with themselves you know it's mm -hmm. a really shit thing to do right it's it's not pleasant yeah. like it's yeah. it's really really difficult like really fucking difficult but i think yeah, everyone's got to sit with themselves yeah we don't want to that's why we're you know a lot of us use fitness i feel like like it's good it's therapeutic fitness is incredibly therapeutic however it can also be an escape and a, you know, like I've always got to be achieving and running because you're running from that part of yourself mm. or, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, like social media, just wanting to numb out a void. And in all fairness, I was forced <laughs> to face myself. It wasn't like, oh, gee, I think all I mean, I'm always trying to work on myself. I always have been. But it was really in like, I can't go out the door and go get a workout in. I can't do the things that make me feel strong. Like I'm forced to face my weakness and the parts of myself that I'm afraid of by, I mean, forced, but I also had a choice. Uh, but it was, it's just the best, most rewarding work we could do. What's the biggest thing you learned? That there's really nothing to be afraid of. Like that thing that we're afraid of it's not, it's almost like a friend and like it needs, it's that part of you that really honestly needs love and acceptance and understanding. And when it gets it, there's nothing to be afraid of. And I still to this day, remind myself of that, like whatever it is that I'm fearing, I, I try to remember to turn and face it because once I do, it holds no power instead of like, obviously our instinct is kind of self-preservation, avoid, run from. So I just, anytime I notice that I'm afraid, I try to, okay, I'm going to turn and face whatever it is. And that helps. Cause I was really fearful as a kid. I grew up, my dad was an addict. Like there was just a lot of chaos, a lot of things. So I've struggled tremendously with fear. I still do, but that's that reminder of, okay, turn and face it. Just turn and face it. Every time that I catch it, uh, kind of running the show. Yeah. Fear. And anxiety is a crippler. Yeah. Big it time. really, really is. Especially for kids, right? You grow up in an environment with a hell of a lot of fear. Like yeah. it usually ends up predicting and, and, and dictating what we do as an adult. Yep. It held me back big time. So now I try to, you know, I don't want to say attack it because it's not like that. It's just like, all right, what do you... What are you trying to teach me? And what I realize now is it seems to be like, this is the next breakthrough mm. being keyed up for me. So I almost look at fear as like an opportunity. Mm. And I'm like, if it's coming up because it's meant to come up now. And then usually there's a gift on the other side of facing it. Mm. What's next? Uh, I'm working on a nonprofit, which I'm really excited about. It's to basically help warriors heal. There's going to be a big fitness aspect of it, but I'm really passionate about, you know, the mind, body, soul stuff that 
that we need to heal. And I just feel that our warriors, our nation's warriors don't get enough support. So that's really my passion. Wow. Talk to me about it. Well, I'm currently looking at land in Oregon, which is really exciting. Uh, I think that kind of like we talked about people who are part of the same cloth, who are built the same way. Fitness is very therapeutic. It's very bonding. That community is really powerful. So that's, and that's just been my modality my whole life. So that's going to kind of really be the foundation of it, but it's going to be a place where people can come and take their masks off and not feel like they have to be the hero and do all that where they can be vulnerable, where they can dig into those places of, Hey, here's where I'm not okay. Because kind of like that hero we spoke of, they feel like they always have to fulfill that role. And it's very hard for them to kind of take that off and decompress and do the things that allow them to, to be okay. Cause there's just so much suicide going on in that population with vets and first responders that I'm just not okay with. And I feel like I've kind of always been close to that population. And then in losing my legs, it just made me even more so because obviously there's a lot of wounded vets and um, just getting some understanding and, and also it's kind of answering some of my own needs. Like what did I need along the way that I maybe didn't have or struggled to get access to and how can I create access for others so that we're not losing people. They have the support they need. It doesn't take as long to heal. They don't, necessarily struggle or suffer from kind of the things that we talked about to put band-aids on the pain of whether it's you know drugs alcohol whatever um giving them the means that they need to be able to to work through that and continue you know fulfilling the roles that they want to those those band-aids right those vices that grabs a hold and sticks the teeth deeper and deeper and the next thing you know we're 40 years deep into an addiction yeah that's that's a self-awareness piece it's the accountability to ourselves you know it's the person in the mirror every morning it's are you going to have a real and honest conversation with them or are you going to continue looking down while you're brushing your teeth exactly that's hard looking yourself in the eyes in the mirror is hard for people it's hard for me a lot of people don't like what they say no i remember i went to hot yoga and I went for a while, but the first time that I stood in front of the mirror and had to look at myself, I left the room. I was like, <laughs> it wow. freaks me out. And now that's like, okay, that was way early in my journey uh, wow. before losing my legs. But I try to think of that. Like we want to be okay looking in the mirror. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, so many people have run away from themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't like the what they say, but the biggest and the scariest aspect of it, in my opinion is they're not willing to do anything about it. Yeah. And I think a lot don't know how, right? Like we're just now talking a lot about mental health and healing and trauma and all of that. But I still feel like we're on the very, you know, forefront of that. And even, you know, I think that's why the, the first responder veteran population I'm super passionate about because it's, it's like just now kind of acceptable to say, Hey, I'm struggling with this, but it's very much suck it up and show up. And yeah, there's greatness about that. Like we talked about, it's great to be able to take your mind and overcome, but not at the sacrifice of yourself and your soul, because that will eventually claim you to some capacity. Mm. And I think if we can just say, Hey, kind of like I talked about with the shadow work, like there's nothing to be afraid of here. Let's bring it to the light. Let's face it. Then people could easily move through it and continue on. And we wouldn't 
be losing so many people or having people struggle and suffer. I mean, I, I suffered and struggled in silence. I'm part of, you would never know by looking at me. Mm. I just spilled water myself. <laughs> but Classic. Meanwhile, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, was I, white do it. I do it every fucking time. Every sure. day, man. I know. Anytime you want a real drink, it's like, oh, great. <laughs> we just have to make it not so taboo and that's going to still take work. Mm. <laughs> I think so. I really do. I think it starts with not allowing it to be taboo with ourselves. Though. Right? A hundred percent. Because we have that conversation in our head 24-7, 365. You know, we might have conversations with other people for, you know, insert whatever time of your day and then you crack on and everybody has lives to fill. You know, it's we constantly are talking to ourselves or at least thinking and feeling and we need to address the taboo aspect internally first and I think that starts with the minimum a hundred percent and that's what I try to represent and just hold myself of like you can see my physical vulnerability it's obvious but I also try to wear that because it was really hard for me to be emotionally vulnerable. I can handle physical pain, emotional pain and discomfort is a lot harder for me, but mm. I just always think like, if I can be kind of naked emotionally in front of a person, I give them permission to do the same. And I think we need more of that. And I'm not trying to prove shit to anybody. So I'll be like, here's my struggles. Here's my mistakes. Here's this. Cause I've, ex- I've reckoned with that part of me. And then I try to, you know, help others or hold space for others to do the same. So who are you? Oh, I have no idea. Let's <laughs> talk. That's a great question. I'm literally just someone who tries to do my best, which sounds lame because don't we all? That doesn't sound lame. <laughs> I don't know. Like as a child, I would go to the library and check out books about like either uh autobiographies of people who kicked ass in life and overcame or some sort of like sciency how to you know self-improvement type stuff as a child which is just so weird because I'm like where did that come from I don't know other than I feel like I was literally born for it um so I just try to do my best and I really want to be a positive influence on as many people as I can and you know, it's, it started as human performance and potential. That was kind of where I started, but now it's just more, like I said, about that healing aspect. We all have it. We all need it. And it's really the prerequisite to human potential and performance, right? Like I tried, I was seeking that for myself. And then I came up against, cause like what happened to me is very related to the mental, emotional shit. What happened to me physically, it was almost like became a manifestation of the hidden stuff of the mental emotional. I mean, I was in an incredibly toxic, emotionally abusive relationship at the time where it was just like, if you think about it, it was like, I was constantly emotionally ingesting toxins. It felt like I was in a burning building and not walking out. And then all of this manifested in my body. And so that's where now I'm incredibly passionate about helping people heal so that a, (laughs) they don't have to have their own reckoning, whatever that looks like and B so that they can go on and 
you know, live to their full potential. Cause I just think the healing shit is what gets in the way for all of us. And no one, it's not fun. It's not sexy. Like, no, one's like, yay, <laughs> let me face my fears and shadows and all the icky shit about me. I even had, when I was in a coma, this is kind of weird, but I had weird experiences in my coma. One of them. When I was, was in like- a coma. <laughs> just that sentence. Man. I know. It's like, oh yeah, I had a dream last night. I was in a coma. I was in a coma, but I just remember there was like this person and they were really kind of weak and something had happened to them. And there was like a pile of shit or something that they were like digging through. And I was like, oh, I'll help them dig out of like, I'll dig the shit out. And then whoever it was said to me, like, that's you. And I was like, what? And what that was representative of is here. I've been trying to help people all along. And it was like, you need to work on you. Like, Uh, first of all, that's how you're going to help others, but that you need it. Like, that's your shit. You're trying to help everybody else with theirs and you have a heap. And I was like, oh, no, there was a lot of that. It was like getting kicked in the teeth with truth in that journey. Constantly, because you couldn't bloody leave it. I couldn't, especially in the coma. I was like, I can't get out of here. Oh shit! Yeah, maybe the performance side, you know, introduced you to you. Oh yeah, and clearly the coma side introduced you to you. Yeah. And uh, there's a quote by Aristotle, right, that says um, adversity introduces you to you. Yeah, and I love it, right? Because every time you balls deep in a workout and you forgot your name and you don't have a fucking clue what you're doing, and you know you made bad life decisions. Yep. It's the lessons learned for me, not the physical pain, not the, oh, yeah, I feel like I worked out and I feel a bit better now. I've got some energy out. It's what did I learn about myself? What page did I overcome? You know, what did I uncover? And maybe you had to go through that. Oh, I did. I mean, I wish I didn't. That's why I'm like, let me help people avoid that. Yeah. Getting there. Because I, I just think that's what life is meant to be, right? I think we're just meant to, like, whatever the point is, but transcend the things that hold us back and overcome. And that's where, you know, it's become, like, people say it almost too much, but life is happening for us. Mm-hmm. But it's so freaking true. Like, that was the worst. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But it's also the best thing that could have happened to me. And I'm just now, like, I've worked through enough of the grief to really build the redemption piece of it i think there was still just a lot of waiting through the shit for like 10 years and now i'm finally at a place of like oh yeah there's so much gold in this and there's so much gold that i can share because i felt like oh I, I was in school at the time i ended up you know not finishing my degree and all this stuff so i i felt like oh i lost all this time i lost all this opportunity and i really shifted recently and i'm like i got a phd and something that very few people will get and this is very valuable information and experience that thank goodness most people don't go through mm. but i uniquely can and like what are all the ways that i can use this to help people that i couldn't have otherwise and so i'm incredibly passionate about that life breaks everybody and those who it doesn't break it kills <laughs> That's and some of stronger in the broken places, thank goodness. I think, yeah, I think that's the point, you know, mm-hmm. getting stronger in the broken places. We're all broken, man. We're all oh, shattered yeah. and physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, 
there's a, an ancient art in, in Japan, right? When you shatter a vase, you melt gold. Yeah, I love that. You stick it back together. Yeah. So then it's more beautiful the second time around than it, than it ever was. And I think that's yeah. people, man. I really do. I think that's people. I think that's personalities. I think that's characters. I think that's physical people, you know, as flesh and blood. I think that's, I think that's us, man. You know, I think it gives us some layers, some stories. Totally. And if we can just be more open with that, right? Like if just what you said, there's gold running through it. Like that's yeah. beautiful. I remember when I first lost my legs, all I wanted to do was hide it. Like I spent all this energy of how could I make it so you can't see and you don't know and da 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 da. And then obviously there was a point in my healing because I just knew like people are going to feel about me the way that I feel about myself. So I was just like, I got to do the work to feel good about myself yeah. in this as this person. And then I just made the decision and I went out and you can see it and I owned it. And I've never really been looked at like, oh, poor her. It's, you know, it's usually in a positive light, but I just was like, I'm expending so much energy to try to hide something that's real and true about me. And like, that's exhausting. <laughs> and so just as I did it in the physical, it's like, if we could just do that in the emotional where you're not wearing a mask, so people don't find out this thing and you're like, here's my thing. I know you have your thing. Like mm -hmm. you can share it or not, but we all have it and we expend so much energy trying to hide and protect all that stuff when it's like, that's another source of our power that we could regain if we would just be real. Mm. I got three questions. Okay. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? <laughs> it would probably piss me off, but <laughs> I remember that I had a friend and they must've been able to see, they were very wise, like see just me and my struggle and turmoil. And she was like, you haven't hit rock bottom yet. And I Wait. felt like I was in a dark place. And I remember being like, what? Like, it's worse than this? Um, so that doesn't really sound like advice. That's probably like annoying advice. But it was, you know, it's true. And just trusting where life takes us, right? Like we co-create. So we get, we have a decision in that. But just knowing like the worst, my worst nightmare happened to me. And it's become mm -hmm. my greatest gift so even just that like trusting trusting the process and the journey what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received <laughs> probably that one too the <laughs> uh, <laughs> worst piece that's tough honestly i think the piece that and i don't know that i have like a word for it but I call it pain porn. It's like that David Goggins thing. Because if you say it to the wrong person, like push yourself harder, yada, 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 like that, you know, that can kill people. And it's not necessarily the answer. Like for some people, the answer is to sit down, is to crash and burn, is to, you know, come to whatever reckoning we have. And if we make it like that makes you weak, and all of that then we're missing something really important what are the three words you would tell your younger self oh my god <laughs> the three words i mean honestly i just want to say it'll be okay like as lame as that sounds um, and it don't sound lame, man. You know, like I was just always scared of everything and worried about everything. And 
honestly, like this was my worst nightmare. And even just going, I, there's something really cool and going, I walked out my worst nightmare and I'm not only okay, like I'm great. And I haven't come full circle in all the ways. There's still ways in which I'm not great yet, but I'm in process of that. And just knowing like there was really nothing to be afraid of in the first place. Mate, thank you so much, man. Dude, thank you. I It's been awesome talking to you. You're awesome. This has been an honor and a fucking privilege, mate. Like, you're one hell of a fucking Wonder Woman. You're yeah. one hell of a fucking story. And it's yeah. cool as shit to hear it. It's cool as shit to share it with you. Mate, you are awesome. always welcome. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some crazy cuts out there. <laughs> a couple of them are just from the north, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no, I appreciate, appreciate your time. Very, 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 very much, Le, and uh, you are all always welcome back. Thank you. I'd love to come back. Whenever I'm dotting around the States, I'm trying to fucking, maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after. I'm trying to um, kind of match up some, some time so I can jot, dot around the States, do like a full circle thing. It's a big place, yeah. you know. I can't just go to one state. I'll have to, oh, no, there's lots. Let me know and come through. We'll have you. Let's go for a wander, you know. Yeah, we'll go wander about. Walking around, do some fitness, drink yep, some coffee. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Mate, you have a great uh, rest of your day and we'll speak soon. Thank you. You do the same. Legend, mate. See you later, everybody. <laughs>